Welcome to Bobby Osinski's Inner Circle. I'm Bobby Osinski, and this is a show all about music, music production, and the music business. My guests this week are Nick LaRoche and Johan Antoine Edouard from the collaboration platform BeatConnect. First of all, who are the most influential artists? Well, you probably have a bunch in mind, and you'll probably be right. Now, there's a study that looked at who were the most influential UK artists based on samples, covers, and remixes. And first came the Beatles with 11,289. There's no one else even close. Queen is next in line with 1,323. Depeche Mode at about 1,200. Stones, Bowie, Zepp, Fleetwood Mac, Black Sabbath, Elton John, all around the same 1,200. 1100 range. So you probably knew that already, but it's nice to have some data to back it up. Now, if we look at who are the most influential current artists, this is from 2014 until now. The leaders are Drake, Rihanna, Beyonce, Jay-Z, and Mariah Carey. Now, the study went on to look at how much money people were making from streaming. Just to give you an idea, first of all, there are 1,630 13 artists that have more than 100 million Spotify streams. Let me say that again. 1,613 artists have more than 100 million Spotify streams. Now we'll take that another step. There are 249 that have over a billion Spotify streams. There are nine that are over 10 million Spotify streams. And the leader by far is Ed Sheeran with 27 billion Spotify streams. That has made him over $122 million. Now, of course, he doesn't get to keep all that because it goes out to various middlemen, especially the record labels. Nonetheless, that's a load of money. Next in line was Queen with 19 billion Spotify streams. Now, again, that's billion with a B. That made them $85 million. Now, if we go back and look at the 1,600 artists that have more than 100 million Spotify streams, we go all the way down to almost last, which is Chuck Berry. So Chuck Berry, who hasn't been around for a really long time, although he's a classic and although he's someone that's been very influential, he has over 100 million Spotify streams. So when you look at all this, it just goes to show you that there really is some money to be made in streaming. Now, again, we're only talking about Spotify. Don't forget all these artists are probably making... Not quite the same money, but some good money from all the other platforms that are out there. And last I looked, there were 27 others. This is far more than artists ever made back in the days of physical sales. So don't let any of that fool you. You can make a lot of money, but you have to get into that top 0.1%. I don't know if that's any different than it's ever been, though. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to questions at bobbyosinski.com. Don't forget about my online courses on mixing, production, branding, and music business success at bobbyosinskicourses.com. Also, get an expert analysis and objective opinion of your songs and mixes as a member of my Hitmakers Club. Go to hitmakersclub.com to learn more. Now, copyright is a really big deal for all artists and songwriters. 
and record labels for that matter. But most people, most experts especially, think it has gotten out of hand somewhat, especially with the Robin Thicke blurred lines lawsuit that the Marvin Gaye estate brought up. And as you probably know, the Marvin Gaye estate won and also won an appeal that got to give it up sounded a whole lot like Robin Thicke's blurred lines. The fact of the matter is, there wasn't all that much that traditionally would win a copyright lawsuit, but it was all based on the vibe. The vibe was very, very similar for both songs, and that's what happened. And it wound up costing Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams, who was co-writer on the song, about $5 million, which in the grand scheme isn't all that much. Now we have another one, and this could actually be a big problem. Nickelback has a song called Rockstar, and a band called Snowblind Revival also has a song called Rockstar. Titles aside, because you can't copyright a title, the complaint by Snowblind Revival's leader, Kirk Johnston, says Nickelback's Rockstar copied substantial portions of the tempo, song form, melodic structure, harmonic structures, and lyrical themes. Now, the fact of the matter is, if you listen to both of these, they're not even close. It's hard to believe. For instance, the chordal structure for Snowblind is just a simple 1-4-5, and Nickelback is 1-4 flat 7. So there's a big difference right there. But if you listen, Snowblind sounds like a demo, and Nickelback sounds like, well, big arena rock. About the only thing they share is pretty much the same tempo, and they're both three-chord rock songs. So the fear here is that if Snowblind Revival wins this, what's going to happen to blues songs, which are all pretty much the same when it's all said and done in terms of at least chord structure? How about country songs? Here you go, somewhat the same. And pop songs, especially now where so much is based on loops. There are so many songs from all sorts of different genres that share very common tempos and song forms and melodic structures and harmonic structures, even lyrical themes. So this could really turn music on its head if Kirk Johnston from Snowblind Revival wins this case. I think you'll find if you go listen to both of them, though, that they're way different. So that's the scary part. I'm not a Nickelback fan, but... Let's keep our fingers crossed that they win this one. My guests this week are the founder and CEO, Nick LaRoche, and lead designer, Johan Antoine Edouard, from the online collaboration platform, BeatConnect. BeatConnect offers a low-cost, easy way for producers and musicians to collaborate, either using the standalone online app or via a plug-in on their favorite digital audio workstation. The platform arose from Nick's frustration with the problems and time involved in trying to get together with other musicians in person. BeatConnect incorporates a shared sequencer, cloud storage, and video chat all within the app, making distance writing and recording a snap. During the interview, we spoke about how BeatConnect was conceived, how it works, dealing with latency, and much more. I spoke with Nick and Johan via Zoom. Let's start at the beginning. I'd like to hear both of your stories about getting into the music business. So, uh, as a failed musician, <laughs> we'll start with we'll start with that. Um, been making music and beats and stuff like that my whole life. Collaborating a lot. I enjoy making music with my friends. 
as I've gotten older and fatter and more responsibilities, like all of my friends as well, everyone's kind of moved off. You know, they got kids, they got responsibilities. Everyone's in different cities. Uh, my happy place in life is 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 jamming and making music with them, right? So I, I kind of got these these guy night weekends, you know, where we go to one person's house, we show up with all our gear, and we're there to make music. You know, I'll leave on a Friday, hit all the traffic. I got everything with me, the synth, the computer, everything. I show up. I'm so excited. I go to make music and I forgot a cable. I can't plug in. You know, I think it's happened to everyone enough times. And I've chatted with my friends over the years so many times about like, I wish it was an easier way to kind of do it remote and stuff like that. And uh, when the pandemic hit and I ended up kind of stuck at home a little bit longer than usual. At the time I was working this uh, government job, which I wasn't loving as well, too. I was like, okay, I got a, I got time. I got the energy. Let's see if we can actually solve this problem. You know, can I actually build something that'll be useful that I can make music with my friends and get that same feeling as when we're in the studio, you know, which is that feeling of getting inspired from one another being like, oh man, I love that riff. Okay. Let me throw something on top of it or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, I started, I started working on it. Um, I bet Alex, my other partner, who's not here through that job as well too. He's our business guy. He validated my idea. So he went online. He didn't trust me. He was like, is it true? Musicians have this problem. <laughs> And he started searching. I mean, it's easy to see that there's so many people looking to try to find a solution to this kind of problem out there, which is amplified through the pandemic. And uh, met Johan, who's our, our master of user experience, brand, everything like that. So I do all like the coding, the, the nitty gritty, and I had the music idea. But uh, I got to tell you, it was kind of an ugly product at first, and it was a little clunky. And that's where Johan, with his expertise, really, you know, he, he did that cool logo and all these cool t-shirts and helped me craft an experience which made a lot of sense and had a lot of ideas um, around virtual studios that I thought were like really brilliant. And so we've been working on it uh, ever since. Well, cool. I want to get to B-Connect in a second, but Johan, so what's your story? My, my little story. I'm going to make it quick. Um, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a music guy, but I'm the son of, the, of a musician of life. So when, when Alex came to me being like, oh, I have that friend. He's working on that project. It really looks like a big deal. And it will make a big difference, but we have no idea how that's going to work for the people. I'm like, that's interesting. Like it touched music. I love music. So I'm like, okay, let me look at it. And I, I, I had a first conversation with Alex again. And in my mind, it was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm digging into this. And I went in and I never came back. Uh, since then, like Nick said, uh, we're digging into the problem. We're learning more about musicians because one thing that we need to know is that everybody loves to, well, a lot of people make music, but they never make music the same way. And we're trying to, to bridge those gaps, understand what are the difference and how we can bridge those, ex those experiences. And it's it's fun. People are loving the product. So it, it's a beautiful journey so far. Well, let's get to Beat Connect then. I want to hear mm, a little more about how everything started. But first of all, can one of you just describe what it is? Um, sure, I can. I can jump into it. Think about it like Google Docs, but for music. So the same way in Google Docs, we could open it up, edit things together. I could see your notes. I can add things. We can chat about what we're writing at the same time and kind of craft a document at the same time. It's the exact same concept, but for music, where typically, you know, um, when I would make music at my friend's studio, there's like four of us. We're all looking at the same logic panel or whatever DAW happens to be up on the screen. We're all plugged in. We're all riffing. And then it's like, okay, that's good. Let's record that. Oh, I love that. Let's add another piece. That experience is exactly what B-Connect is. And it allows anyone, regardless of whatever DAW or recording software that they use, to connect together and have that 
same experience. So we could you could see the mouse cursors moving. You could see the audio coming in as it's being recorded. You can listen to it. You can react. You can drop your own stuff. And you can basically craft a song just like you would if you were two or three people looking at the same uh, uh, screen on the same computer. The big strategy that we, we have around BitConnect is that we're not trying to replace your tools. At the contrary, you already have, most musicians already have a setup. They have a universe that they created for themselves where they know how to make music with. And they, they know how to create with that. We're not trying to change that. We're trying to actually just bridge what you have with what the other person you, you want to make music with has. And then just connect that those sounds and then you can layer everything and the creativity the, the creativity just flows it's just um it's just simple okay i'm missing something here so as i understand it it's a plug-in plus it's a standalone right it's Correct. either or either yeah. or okay so tell me how the plug-in works then i take it you put it on the master bus and then what does everyone see from that once you add it on your master bus, you get like a typical kind of login screen. You go in and you get this kind of mini sequencer. And this mini sequencer, everyone sees exactly the same thing. So if you're in your DAW in, uh, let's say you're using Ableton, you got your guitar kind of plugged into your interface and stuff like that, you're ready to go. Let's say you're the guitarist of the bunch. I see the guitars. I'm a producer. I do mostly beats. I got synths and stuff like that. Perfect. I go into Ableton. I open up B-Connect. I invite you to my studio. That's it. We're, we're, we're in. You'll have an option to record music, which means you could just start playing your guitar. I can hear it. It's going to show up in the sequencer. I could start adding notes to it or moving it around just like I could if I was at your computer grabbing your mouse and moving stuff around like it's all shared at that point. The thing that Johan mentioned about people making music differently, this, this is kind of the important part, right? Like you'll hit the record button, you'll be playing guitar and it's going to be recording. But me, maybe I'm looking for loops or or samples or something like that, because I'm a sample kind of fanatic. Yoan uh, might have a drum machine, which is all MIDI based. But because B-Connect is on the output of your DAW, everything gets collected as audio. No matter how you make music, it's going to grab it and it's going to put it on that sequencer. So it allows us to all express ourselves the same way we would using our own DAWs and tools. Okay, so the audio lives in the cloud then. It doesn't live on your DAW. Absolutely. Exactly. Got it. That makes sense. It's always hard to explain with words. I wish I could have an easier way to do it, but yeah. that's that. That's kind of it, man. It's think about it. It's like a DAW within a DAW, and as soon as you get in that universe, that's it. Everything is shared. All of our projects are there, and we're good. We're we're, it, we're it, off to the races. It's very funny because we we tried. We made so many demos, uh, like in the year we've been existing, and every time we explain it, they're like, "Okay, I get it," and then we show it. We make a demo and we make a song all together and they're like oh my god that oh it, we always have the feeling like people understand it but when they see it it clicks they just realize how basic and simple it is collaboration tools have been around for a while and there's a lot of companies that are trying to do this and they all suffer from the same problem which is latency how do you deal with that yeah well we don't we actually went completely around it uh, we're not trying to have a band playing music together. We're trying to have a band layering music together, exchanging sound, uh, exchanging ideas and creating the song at the end of the day. So that's why that's where we live. We're not trying to have one, two, three, and then everybody start playing. It's more like, guys, I, I created that that guitar progression. I'm going to listen to it. I'm like, you know what? I have a bass that would be great on this. I have that 
um, that the drum that would be perfect for it. I'm going to add it to it. Or I'm listening to it and then I'm trying things on my side. And then when I'm ready, when I tried everything that I wanted, I found the perfect sound, the per- perfect accord. I can record it and share it with you. And we can continue to mix and layer on top of each other. Yes, but there's still latency involved. I would think with what you're hearing being played back and anything you're playing against if you're doing a live instrument or vocal or something. Once it's in BitConnect, I can listen to it on my side. Nick can listen to it on his side and listen to a different portion of it, but it's in BitConnect. Everything is synchronized within that sequencer. That's the beauty of it. So if I if I if I would break it down, like let's say the three of us were connected and uh, you wanted to start us off, you're like, hey, I got this kind of riff. You'd hit the record button, you'd start playing, and I would see like probably 50 milliseconds, 100 milliseconds later, it would the sample is going to start growing on my side. While you're recording, I can hit play and I can listen to it. I could also choose not to listen to it if I want to. And this is something which is very important because if there's three of us trying to, I, I'm, I'm sure you've been in jam sessions before or everyone's trying to find an idea and everyone's noodling and it's just like an absolute disaster and an <laughs> audible mess. You have the option not to listen to people if you don't want to. Like if I hit play and beat connect to listen to a specific segment because I want to come up with an intro or something like that, I don't have to listen to the recorded part that you're doing. But I can if I want to. I have that option. And we have the video chat and stuff like that built in. So if you're doing something cool and I want to listen to it, I'm like, oh, man, that's really great. Okay, hang on. Do that part again. I was just working on an intro. Let me. And it's it's very fluid for this sort of thing. And so you're right. There is a little bit of lag. I'm not going to hear it like the precise moment it's coming in, but I don't need to. Even if it's one second later, it's fine. I could still hear as you're recording and as you're doing your part, and I could still give you my feedback right away, which is still good. No, but what I mean is I'm listening back to the track and I'm playing against it. So what happens then? Is it in sync? Well, you will be in sync with the listening because you're playing live. So you will hear and you will play in sync with it. So yes, it will be. But will it be in the recording? Because there has to be some sort of latency between what you're hearing and what you're playing. I mean, B-Connect itself doesn't introduce any latency. It's a, it's, a, it's a pretty simple plugin. It just arranges audio. So itself has no delay. Once the audio starts coming in on your side, you can just, you set your playback marker. Like, let's say I'm recording a drum, like a two minute long drum thing, okay? I hit record. I'm going. Like, right away, my loop starts to show up. You can listen to it and say, okay, I got it. And then hit record. And now you're playing. Fine. You're not exactly synchronized with me, but you hear my drums and you can record it. You could also choose just to loop a specific segment if you want, because that to you would be the uh, the chorus and you just want to mess around and find the right chords that are going to go on that. The, the intention is not to do a jam session where all three of us are going at exactly the same time. The intention is that you can hear when I have ideas and you can respond right away so I could get back to you quickly. That time efficiency is, is, is what I'm looking for. And that's also, the for me, the creative spark that I get when I'm with my friends and we're messing around. All of a sudden, I hear something. It's like, oh, hang on a sec. Go back there. Do that one more time again. Oh, that's wonderful, man. Okay, record that. Let me do my thing. Layer by layer. And then, boom, we start collaborating. So think about it more of a traditional studio recording experience Mm -hmm. but multiplayer i get that nick but again you put a loop down and i'm going to put a guitar part to the loop so i hear it and i'm playing and it sounds like it's in sync but when it's recorded the guitar has to be behind it somehow a little bit right well even if it is the the sample that you just recorded is you can move it around and synchronize it later if you want but whatever whatever delay that was introduced by the system 
like the, the fact that you record and it needs to process the sound it is not going to be we're not talking about a second here yeah right it's always I, I, I feel like maybe we're we're not explaining it correctly like we're we're no. really close but there's like a little gap no which no is no no, no. i get it so i'm sensitive to this because in the early days of digital recording i was consulting for several manufacturers and there was latency introduced and especially when it came to plugins that didn't bother me for instance but bothered some people so much and it was so minute and I was like, I can't play to this. And it's like, are, are you kidding? You can barely hear it. So I uh, know it feels all wrong. So I can remember going through that, you know, so I know it's there no matter what, once you introduce the digital loop, so to speak. Uh, I think, I think I'm starting to get it. Um, yeah. Sort of like how, if you'd have like a really heavy mastering chain and you start like singing, you're going to get like one second delay because there's so much processing going on before exactly. that audio kind of comes back in. But it's 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 enough to annoy people, right? Uh, there's no digital, like it's as clean a recording signal as can be, right? Like there's absolutely no digital signal processing within B-Connect. It captures audio like a traffic controller. It sends it to the other people in your studio. Be because it's not processing your audio in any way, it's just gathering and sending. There's no delay. As far as I know, it's pretty sample accurate. Um, I've had some people with like really old machines tell me sometimes there's a little bit of a delay, but we've even put some options in there too to kind of compensate for that. So it's 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 good enough to go. And at the end of the day, I don't think you're going to produce your final track on B Connect. What I think is we'll hook up, we'll do a little jam session, maybe we'll improvise, we'll get the beginnings of a song going. And typically, like I don't know for you, but I I can't always come up with a great like ideas right away. It takes me a couple hours sometimes. I'll go off in my corner. You guys log off. It's fine. I can continue on my own. Hit save. But because it's in the cloud, you guys can then open that project whenever you wanted to on your own. Hear my parts. Add your parts on top of it. So it accommodates both us being together at the same time and not being online at the same time, which I think is a very important use case. It's part of the whole flow of being able to collaborate. Okay, so this started out of your frustration of, first of all, having to go meet people, forgetting cables and, and whatever, so it was really difficult for setup and everything, and you just thought, well, there's an easier way to do this, right? Were you a coder before? Did you teach yourself? Um, I taught myself um, a long time ago. Professionally, I only coded for about one year um, before I got promoted to management because I was a terrible engineer. <laughs> so... <laughs> It, uh, it really took me a long time to shake off the rust and all this stuff is really new to me and, and actually really complicated, which is why it took a long time. Like in terms of audio, there's things like different sample rates that we have to deal with. There are latency issues that could be introduced with um, networking. The design of the whole thing had to make sense. Like it's, it's really hard to think about a design. First, it was kind of like a sampler. Then it was a little bit more like a drum machine. Then it started evolving to this mini DAW within a DAW and... It is what it is today. And it was more than just like not being able to plug in the cable. Like there's that frustration, which kind of triggered the, the whole process. But it's also during the week, like, you know, you finish work and I come home, then you eat dinner, you do the exercise stuff. It's like eight o'clock and it's like, I don't want to watch a show or something. I kind of want to make music with my friends, but they're, they're far away. I can't, I can't go. I can't have that a little bit of an experience. But, but something like this lets me just call up my buddy on Zoom hey man let's let's do a little thing all right yeah i got half an hour right now and then we can make some music together a little bit we could shoot ideas and we could start something 
And to me, like that, that just feeling of, of connection and being able to kind of go back and forth and laugh and joke a bit, it's, it's so important. And I think it's what resonates with some of the people that have been using VConnect who are yeah. like dads sometimes, you know, who got kids and they can't do music all the time and especially not. And the wife doesn't want him making noise. So he's on at 11 at night with the headphones, but then he could, he, this door can now be open and he can sort of make music with his buddies again using their gear. They don't have to learn anything new. Yeah. So. We've heard so many feedback and every time it was so emotional that we were like, this is, this is getting more than connecting systems together. It's really connecting people. We have comments from producers were like, I have such a good setup right now that every time I have to go work with somebody else, I take my laptop and my headphones and then I get there. I'm like, I wish I had everything I, I, I own to make music so that I can really be creative, but I'm now doing whatever I can within that computer. Now they can because they don't have to go to the to the studio. They can if they want to, but they can stay home and use every tools they have and then share the sound whenever they're ready. So it, it's getting more emotional than just systems. Yeah, I get it. So communication while you're doing this, is this over Zoom then? No. Uh, there's a built-in video chat with yeah. audio and stuff like that. I think communication is super important when it comes to collaboration and so... Um, we also added just like Google Docs, like sticky notes that you could put on the samples and stuff like that. So if like I listen to your guitar part and I'm like, hey, this is great, but I think the chord progression over here could be a little bit different. Or why don't we try doing this? You could get these notifications and then kind of do your thing. I think being able to hone or, or circle in or zone in on an idea collaboratively is is quite tricky to do. And so we put a lot of tools like that to be able to make it easy. And the video chat is, is pretty cool. It works a lot like... Um, like Zoom, and it's a little bit basic right now, like like how we're using it. But my intention is to take it a little bit further and be able to actually save video sessions with your projects as well to attach them to things. Because I think it's not only useful for collaboration, but something that we're learning is that there's a big interest in BConnect for education as well too. Because it's super useful for educators who want to teach people how to make music or how to do things for them to have a shared spot where they could chat, leave notes, version their songs, version their samples, and kind of go back and forth. So that's the, the, the whole direction we're going. My books are used in colleges all over the world in uh, recording programs. And as a result, I go and I speak at the colleges, and of course, over the last year, it's all been virtual. And also, I, you know, I hear from instructors everywhere. And, and one of the biggest problems they have is just that. It's communicating with the students. How do I do that when we don't have common gear, which is a, a big deal, and the fact of the matter is that sometimes they just don't have what they need. This seems ideal, and, and that would kind of even the playing field somewhat. We're trying. Uh, that, that is our goal, at least. It is already the case, but there's always an edge case that we're like hearing from a new educator that we're working with. Oh, what about this? What about that? And every time we're like, oh, that makes total sense. And you're definitely not the only one. So we're gathering all those informations and we try to push them out as quick as we can. But yeah, it, it, we're trying really hard. But it's so cool, though. It's fun to see people using it this way. Like we're doing trials like all over the world, like the UK. Um, they want to bring this for like disenfranchised kids. There's They have tons of musical hubs all over the UK. And they, they got these old kind of laptops and stuff like that that they give out. Now they can connect with the educators and they could start making little bits of beats together. And if you put together a few, you know, a few free plugins and a, a free DAW, like a GarageBand or Reaper or whatever it is, 
you kind of got everything you need to go. And it's, it's a way to kind of boost morale. And the feature set by accident happens to be really well geared for this sort of stuff. Like we talked about these virtual studios before. It's kind of like once we're all invited and connected, we got this permanent spot now. All of our projects are in here. It resembles a classroom. If someone wanted to do group sessions where it's like, okay, I want to teach you guys how to do EQing. I'm going to put a sample. We're going to break these into all these different little studios. And I want you guys to EQ the sample to make it sound a little bit cleaner. The whole thing works very, very quickly for something like this. And then to be able to add notes and for the teacher to go through everything. Wow. You know, um, but there's a lot more. We got to take it further. You know, some it's very free form, the experience right now. Kids could potentially, if they wanted to be jerks, go into the studios and start deleting everything. Well, it looks like we need to put some permissions so that the teacher can have samples which are not deleted. But we're learning as we go because it's a completely new experience for us. So does B Connect then have processing as well, EQ and compression? No, no. At the moment, uh, our strategy is that we're not trying to compete with the with the DAW you're using. Um, so every uh, sophisticated tool that you may have already exists in your DAW. So we we make sure for now that the communication between collaborators is perfect. The the sharing of files is perfect. And we're trying to improve that on a daily basis, that it's not adding more weight on your CPU, like making sure that the collaboration, the, the, the moment of us sharing ideas and creating is perfect. And then we'll start adding little, little bits and improving how we make music. I, I don't want to give too much, but even like effects and VSTs, things like that, we're trying to bring that into a collaborative space so that I'm listening to a sound because you don't have that VST. You can't hear it unless I have to render the samples and then share it to you. Like this is cumbersome. We're trying to avoid all of that and make it simple. So let's focus on the music. Does this work with all workstations then? Pretty much all of them, except for Pro Tools, just because it's its own format, AAX, and I got to go through Avid's uh, hoops. Um, in order to get it out there. But I have the kit. They're super nice. They gave me everything I needed to get it done. I just I just got to kind of do it. But otherwise, yeah, it works with uh, pretty much everything. And the standalone version is perfect for someone who doesn't care about DAWs. You know what I mean? There's so many collaborations where you got like the one hardcore producer who's got the studio and all the gear. And then there's two or three friends. You know, one likes to sing. The other one's got a, a guitar in the corner or something like that. But, they, you know, it's too messy. They don't care. Maybe they don't even like digital stuff that much. Well, that's perfect. You know, like just open up the standalone version. You could just hit record. It's super simplistic and basic. You're not going to get lost in it, but you can collaborate with that person who has the studio and wants to use their gear. You know what I mean? Because the plugin can talk to the the standalone version. And something I'm not sure we mentioned is that the samples, you could drag them in and out of your DAW and the plugin, like just like this, right? Mm. So you record your thing. I get your raw guitar part. I kind of like it, but you know what? Let me run it through my little effect over here. I grab it, put it into my DAW, do my special processing, drag it back in. You can listen to it right away too. So we're going back and forth now. Got it. Okay. That is cool. So that's how it works with teachers where you'd say, okay, everybody do some EQ and I want you to do this. And then they they load it back in to pull it in their DAW, do whatever, load it back in. Got it. Got it. Oh, that's, that's clever. That's very cool. Okay. So speaking of which, aside from education, who do you see as the main audience for this? Bedroom producers, maybe even like more professional producers kind of yeah anybody who wants to jam and learn and share ideas and we have a lot of uh, producers who works with vocalists or instrumentalists specifically it, it's we, we, 
weirdly enough, we 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 try to make sure that it's not too professional because there's so many tools out there for the professionals. Like you, on Cubase, you have a system like that where you can make music with another person in Cubase. Well, we're trying to talk to all the other people who like, yeah, I'm on Reaper. Yes, you're on GarageBand. We can still make music together. We're learning, we're jamming, we're creating, and anybody can actually jump in and make music. So uh, the bedroom producers are, for now at least, uh, our core target. Yeah, it's the same thing with Pro Tools where, you know, there is a collaboration tool. You have to pay extra for it, which I suspect it's the same thing in Cubase too. So that prevents a lot of people yeah, from going. Yeah, 300 bucks in Cubase. It's not, uh, you know, it's not free. Um, it's pretty expensive. And that's, that's again, another counterpoint. Something which was interesting from, from a business perspective, we initially were a SaaS, like a 10 bucks a month kind of deal. But quickly we realized like this is this is very cumbersome for people, right? Like if three people want to make music together, three people got to pay 10 bucks a month. Like that, that sucks, you know, like as an experience, that's not community building. And so we totally scrapped that. And we went with like a one-time fee of 30 bucks for lifetime, which is low enough that I think, you know, it's not a barrier for a lot of people. And then on top of that, we made it that if you connect to a studio, if at least one person has the premium, everyone gets all the features and all the bells and whistles. So that, that scenario I told you about before, where you've got the one hardcore producer and the three friends who don't care, well, the hardcore producer buys it and then everyone else can benefit from everything because they're connected with that person. Exactly. And uh, I can't think of a fairer system than that because honestly, like this, like I won't lie, this is a for-profit business. I think we can make some cash out of this, but if we sell enough copies of this, man, we'll be fine. You know what I mean? We don't need to, to sell at like millions of dollars. Anyone can kind of jump in. And there's always lots of cool things that we can do later on. Like we could, for example, sell little sample packs or whatever through BeConnect um, if people would want to do that down the line. So there is a way for us to kind of be sustainable as a business without having to friggin, I use the term subscriptionitis a lot, you know, to, to, to bleed people dry with yet another subscription that everyone is getting sick of. Yeah, that's not a lot of fun, although it turns out that everybody has a load of them anyway. Exactly. But our users told us like they, they were taking the subscription or they were like, I wish it wasn't because the product is so good, but this is my ninth. This is my 12th. This, like I have so many subscriptions piling up that yeah, it's cheap, but it's still one of them. And when we switched, we saw the difference. People really, yeah, yeah. People really went for it. You know what? It's not even an uncommon model. Um, a lot of the things that we're doing right now are, are inspired from gaming. Like if you look at a lot of uh, video game industry is huge, right? If you look at games like Overwatch, it's 10, 20 bucks. You buy the game, you can play. And if you want to spend a little bit extra because you want the fancy little skins or you want to look different or whatever it is, you can do that. And these are gener- these are really huge companies and they're doing just fine. And there's no subscription model in there. And I think, wow, man, that's actually pretty good. We should be able to bring some of these concepts over into music. And I think everyone would be a winner that way. You know, speaking of gaming, I'm just thinking about my friends in post-production. This could be good for ADR. I heard that before. <laughs> yeah. We, we don't think about that necessarily, but we've, yeah, I heard that before. I mean, there are tools, but the tools, and, and there are some wonderful tools that are out there. But that being said, they all cost some dough. And for a film studio or for Disney or somebody like that, you know it's inconsequential but even so i could see how this could could work especially on budget projects no definitely very cool anyone who needs to to share ideas and collaborate i think it'll be useful and there's i mean it took me like more than a year to get it just to work properly you know what i mean but now that we have this foundation everything that i'm adding on top of it is so fun and wild and really geared towards 
a collaborative experience. And I think it's going to be, you'll see soon, it's going to separate itself from everything that's out there just because it's, it's, it's built for that. It's, it's the, it's the thing that I'm realizing is that there's so many products out there, like you mentioned for collaboration, but people are not realizing collaboration is not a product. Collaboration is an experience. And it starts at the very beginning. How do you find someone to collaborate with? It goes through, okay, how do we meet? How do we break the ice? How do we actually make music real time, async? There's time management. There's how, how do we manage our rights? You know, like what if we are semi-professional? We want to keep track of our rights. Well, this is something we can put into our tools as well, too. How do we publish and distribute from here? There's a big, 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 big uh, thing and, and a community aspect as well, too. Okay. Can I participate in events? Can I participate in competitions? All of this is the experience of collaboration. And, and this is what I'm really ultimately trying to build with this. This is a tool that right now allows us to make music. But there's so much fun stuff I can do, right? Like I just like close your eyes. You imagine you wake up in the morning, you grab your coffee, you go and you're like, oh, I got some notifications. Let me open the hub. Boom, you're right there. You see your friends kind of chatting about these new songs that are there. You see some people added some stuff. There's micro collaboration opportunities where maybe something is open just for an hour for you to do a little guitar lick and you get paid 10 bucks or something it is. There's a whole world that could be developed around this, which I think is would be super fun to always be able to jump into and, and play with. And ultimately, that's what I want to build. So much more music coming out of this after more yeah. people collaborating. It, it's more people would yeah. collaborate if it was easier to do for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no question. Our last story was someone in East Europe working with someone else in uh, South Africa. Like right now, we were just so happy to see that. And we see all of it because we communicate on Discord. So everybody's telling us, oh, we've been doing this here, here, here the song. I'm like, wow, like that, that is just great for us. This is fuel because we're just like, this is happening. People are just, the community is just gathering now. So it's, it's amazing. Last question then. So your startup, I'm sure you've learned some business lessons. Oh, <laughs> that's what we have, Alex. <laughs> He's teaching us all the lessons. What's the best piece of business advice that maybe you learned or maybe somebody imparted to you? Find yourself people who will impart that knowledge to you. There's no way we could have done what we would have done without all the mentors and the people who've supported us. This is, well, at least I, I think, Yoen, you've had a, an app and something like that released before. But for me, this is my first company, for Alex as well, too. And we've been through a couple startup incubators. We've met people. There is an entrepreneurial life cycle where entrepreneurs who end up being successful like to give back to the community. And the mentors that have been around the business have been instrumental in helping us refine everything and to focus on, on what really matters and to help us um, get to the next phase and so that's what i would say i would say if you want to start a business or an idea go for it and also don't be scared like go go network go meet someone who's been who's done something like this or who's who's been successful get a little bit of advice from them and develop those relationships because it always pays back it's all about relationship building and learning and then giving back as well too yeah i would plus one that listening and that's my personal lesson there's no bad ideas but there's a lot of bad execution you can't have the mm. best idea on the planet, but if no one can use it, it means nothing. So spend some time listening to whoever is supposed to listen uh, to to use it. That is crucial, critical to the success of whatever ideas you have. You can find out more about Beat Connect at beatconnect.com. That's beat, B-E-A-T, connect, C-O-N-N-E-C-T, all one word, beatconnect.com. 
Thanks for listening and being in my inner circle. Remember, if you have any questions or comments, you can send them to questions at bobbyosinski.com. To listen to the episodes of Bobby Osinski's Inner Circle, go to bobbyosinski.com and select the podcast tab, or go to bobbyoinnercircle.com, or you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Mixcloud, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, TuneIn Radio, Radio Public, and Podbean. At bobbyosinski.com and bobbyoinnercircle.com, you'll also find a sign-up form for my newsletter and for alerts for new podcasts. This is Bobby Osinski. I will see you next time.